Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the 12th episode of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing hope and strength to those suffering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today I have a recording of our guest speaker, Louie. So Louis currently is enrolled at Carleton University. Uh, He's a former rugby player and athlete who retired prematurely due to numerous concussions. He now spends his time playing and listening to music, reading, and working out. All right. So, uh, yeah, hey, guys, my name's uh, Louis. I guess today I'm going to tell you about my uh, concussion journey, like Taya said. I used to be a pretty competitive athlete, or is it, or Taya, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so I used to be a pretty competitive athlete and growing up and, you know, um, I used to play everything from soccer, I ski raced, I played rugby, I did track cycling, I played football. And, you know, ever, ever since I can remember, you know, the only thing I ever wanted to be was a, a professional athlete. You know, it was like school was out of the picture and, you know, just playing sports was my, was my thing. And I always found I had like a natural talent. So I kind of put all my eggs in one basket, but the issue is that, um, that all came to a a crumbling end after my, uh, my last concussion. So a little bit about my uh, concussion history. It's pretty lengthy. Uh, I've been diagnosed with 15 concussions. Um, eight of which were serious where I was knocked out and seven of which were minor. So you know, I think my uh, my mom just stopped caring at that point, not bringing me to the hospital because she knew what was going on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my first concussion that I remember occurred when I was seven. Um, I was skiing at a hill and, you know, learning the basics of pizza and French fry. And I decided to pizza all the way down the steepest hill and face planted. And I, I broke my nose. But I remember I remember feeling really funny afterwards where I was kind of disoriented and just didn't know where I was. And uh, that was, you know, that was the beginning of my uh, concussion journey. Um, Growing up, there was, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of information about concussions, you know, most of the time, they just told you not to fall asleep and just stay in a dark room till the headaches went away. 
um, you know, it was, that was pretty much the basics of what I got, but in terms of, you know, actually dealing with the side effects, I found it, it really didn't help me much. Um, you know, today, I think what I was going to speak about was two concussions that had the greatest impact on me, you know, in terms of side effects and, um, you know, the environmental impact that it had, you know, on other people around me and, uh, you know, with academics and stuff. So, um, yeah, so my first major concussion, uh, occurred in, in middle school. Um, I was, I was always pretty big as a kid. So, um, I got moved up to the high school football team and, uh, they started me as a starting linebacker and, um, you know, our school was, was like a high, was like a high performance team. We went undefeated for three years. Stephen Harper, when he was prime minister, came and visited us. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I always enjoyed the physical challenge of it. And, you know, the idea of danger was pretty, was pretty fun. And, you know, I got to, you know, legally hit people. So I was like, you know, right on, <laughs> take out my anger. Um, but, you know, so the, what happened was that one day we we're doing this drill called Oklahoma, which is like where there's two on two, you have one D line and one O line, and then you have the linebacker and the running back. And so I get, my name gets called out and I get, I get into position. And as I, uh, as I look at my opponent, as my, as I look at my opponent, you know, I'm a five foot eight, five foot eight, 12 year old, who's like 130 pounds. And then my opponent is a six foot one, 14 year old who's 180 pounds. So, you know, I knew I was in trouble. Um, the whistle blew and, you know, he ran towards me and, you know, all, all I could really do was, you know, duck my head and pray that, you know, he only gains like a couple of yards. And I think even then I was asking for too much. <laughs> so, you know, and then sure enough, boom, he hits me and it was pure darkness. Um, you know, I fell back unconscious and I was really disoriented and I kind of, I got out of it after like 10 seconds. And then I would, you know, I wake up to the sound of my coach yelling at me going, you know, get back in the game, kid, you know, you know, stop being stupid and stuff like that. And I go up to him, I tell him, you know, I'm not feeling funny or I'm, I'm not feeling good. You know, I feel, I feel really out of it. You know, I, I don't feel good. And he goes, oh, you're just making up excuses to, to not do the drill. And he says, you know, get back in. And sure enough, it's the same guy and the same thing happens. But then they realize that I'm really disoriented because I can, I can barely walk. I can, you know, I can't even look at the light. I have to close my eyes and even that hurts. And, you know, and then the worst thing is you have to come out of like, you know, really tight football equipment, which, you know, on top of, you know, being undefeated for two years and having the, uh, the superstition of uh, not washing uh, winning clothes is uh, really not fun. So, um, you know, when people realized that I was really injured, um, you know, uh, they called my mom and stuff like that. And then it was, I think like six o'clock at night and my mom sort of went, you know what, just, you're going to stay up tonight. Cause I don't feel like going to the hospital for the whole night, just for them to tell you you have a concussion, which it's not protocol. I really don't advise it. Um, so um, as a result of the concussion, I ended up having to stay in a dark room for at least six weeks. Um, everything hurt, you know, sleeping hurt. I was 
constantly disoriented. You know, I could, I could barely look at anything. I could barely eat. I was so nauseous. And, you know, even from a young age, I realized that like, uh, you know, a concussion, you know, not only it's personal toll, but the environmental toll of the injury is just, is just huge. You know, even with the little information that we had regarding them, you know, it doesn't foster like a lack of empathy towards anyone, but they just, you know, even your parents, they just don't know how to deal with it. Cause you know, here you are missing six weeks of school and all you can say is, you know, my head hurts or, you know, I just, I'm, I don't even know where I am. You know, I didn't even know what day it was for like three months after that. So, you know, that's when I kind of started to realize the impact of it. And then, you know, on top of, as I said earlier, you know, focusing on sports and not school, I already wasn't uh, very popular with teachers. So, um, you know, my grades began to tank. Um, I got very little uh, accommodations for missed assignments where they just said, you know, look, you know, you're, it was, you skipped school and, you know, I, I had to get a doctor's note. And even then it was, it was, you know, a hit and miss with certain teachers, especially science. But, you know, um, as this began to occur, you know, and more frequently I got, I, I didn't stop football, but, you know, I just, uh, it just, it started to activate the negative cycle of, uh, you know, of emotions and like having a negative headspace and that just, that went on for years. So um, my second, or, you know, my last concussion, the second one I want to talk about um, occurred in May of 2017. I was at the, I was at the end of high school. Um, I was playing, I was playing a rugby game and, uh, you know, I was, I was playing relatively well, you know, I was training with the, or the Quebec provincial team. And, uh, you know, I was, I was doing really well because my goal was to get on to, uh, was to go be a professional rugby player. Um, so, you know, during the game, everything's going well. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not out to hurt anyone, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big. So a lot of people are going down because of me. And, um, you know, what ultimately resulted in this is that during the second half is that I became a target. So in rugby, you have a thing called a pick where, you know, you start off from a standpoint and then they throw the ball back, but I got to, you know, meet my maker and he was just as big as I was. But as I went down to go and tackle him, um, he jumped up with his knee out. So like he, kind of did this as I collided and, um, he, uh, he hit my neck. So what happened is he hit my neck. I fell back and just from the pure, you know, adrenaline of the game, uh, I jumped back in to try and, you know, get the ball. And then as I try to walk it off a bit, it feels like somebody's just stabbing me in the back or like I've been shot and I'm trying to walk it off and I'm kind of going like, Oh, 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 okay. I gotta, I gotta lie down. So, you know, just from the the pure adrenaline of the game, I just, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't really feel anything. It really hurt, but I could still kind of walk it off and, you know, tell the other team that they suck, but, you know, we ended up losing anyways. But, uh, you know, uh, a very common symptom is that you become aggressive when you have a, a brain injury. So to, much to my dismay, I just wanted to go home and sleep, but they went, oh, you're going to the hospital. Uh, so as I drive to the hospital, and I get into the emerge and I meet my dad there. He goes, all right, you know, get out of the car, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's go in. And my legs just all the adrenaline wore off and I can't, I couldn't feel anything from my shoulders down. 
So I, uh, I get rolled into triage and then I can barely hold my head up. And then I just, I literally almost collapse into the nurse and uh, they put, you know, uh, a neck brace around me. And then they, they bring me into the, the trauma uh, recess unit. And, uh, you know, I get sent in for scans and stuff like that. And then the doctor comes and tells me the news. And he tells me I have uh, two fractured vertebrae, uh, three herniated discs, and 25% uh, swelling in my parietal lobes. So I don't really remember much because, uh, you know, from the concussion and the pain meds, but um, like the serious emotional roller coaster was about to begin. Um, you know, this, the, the doctor pretty much told me if I keep playing contact sports or anything, and let alone with my back, you know, I'll, I'll die. And I was kind of, you know, what, what really hurt about that was that, you know, the childhood dream was, you know, was being taken from me, if, if you want to look at it that way. And the other thing too, is I, you know, from having a broken back, I, I literally had to learn how to walk again. So it was as though, you know, I had a, a new start in life. Um, the hit really made me desensitized to everything. Like I, everything was in third person. It was really, it was really strange, but it was, I wasn't, I wasn't in touch with reality at all. It was, it was really, it was really strange. You know, I, I understood that I'd gone through a freak accident, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't accepting the symptoms. I was, I was blaming myself for, for how I felt or, you know, being a failure because I had to retire, but you know, it wasn't, uh, it was you know, it wasn't my fault, you know, um, it was, you know, it was very isolating, you know, the, especially around 2017 was when CT was, was coming out and, you know, especially after so many concussions, um, you know, it just made my anxiety go through the roof thinking, you know, I have neurodegeneration de and stuff like that. And it was, you know, to WebMD yourself, it's not a good idea. Um, you know, um, the fact that, you know, I got taken or my dream had been taken from me, it left me with a lot of, of hopelessness. Um, you know, the other notions of, you know, sadness, having a lack of direction, uh, continued to be the, uh, the common theme. And, you know, my, my, my unconsciousness continued to fight these altering perspectives of reality, which, you know, things such as depression and anxiety is what they are. Um, you know, the next, the next couple of years, uh, became a real struggle for trying to find myself. You know, I was lucky that, uh, a couple of months after the, the freak accident, uh, I was able to find, you know, a new purpose in life. I wasn't going to focus on school, but uh, I got to, you know, start to fulfill another childhood dream, which was, you know, to play music. And it was by, uh, it was this funk band from Montreal. And, you know, there are all these old white 70 year olds and they're laying down like the, the best music you've ever heard. It's a band called Uzeb. If anybody wants to check them out. Um, so, you know, now I, I started to gain a little, a little bit more perspective as to what I, I wanted to do. You know, the odds of me becoming a professional musician are, you know, are very, are very slim, but, you know, it, it allowed me to work towards something and, you know, it's, uh, it allowed me to express myself a lot more than, you know, curling, you know, curling iron. So, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, now that I had, um, you know, now that I had this kind of driven goal, the, the other issues too came to the day-to-day -day stuff where you're constantly reminded of these negative, you know, these negative ideas that you have in your head of, you know, being hopeless and thinking that, you know, they're, you're not good enough, you know, nothing's going to come of it. 
those were continual things that started to be become an issue with me. Um, you know, it was just more or less, you know, the, the lack of structure and the day-to-day -day stuff as to how to get to your goal, uh, began to, uh, began to really take its, its toll. Um, you know, um, I began to notice that the more I fought, I fought these natural occurrences, you know, the more self-critical and emotional I became, I ended up being in a worse rut than I was before. Um, but luckily through, you know, reaching out to, to family, uh, you know, I was lucky enough that my, uh, my godfather's a psychiatrist, so, you know, he could hook me up. Uh, so I got to go see a, a concussion therapist or something like that. I forget exactly what they were. But they they dealt with concussions, um, and then you know I I read the books I read were uh, the Power of Habit, uh, the Tale of Dueling Neurosurgeons, and Shaken Brain. Uh, Shaken Brain is really good. It focuses a lot more on um, you know on the, on the concussion aspect, and then the Power of Habit is about self routine and uh, you know showing how having a, a routine will really help you with you know day to day successes. And, you know, though, though not fully recovered, I mean, um, you know, the, the things that I was going through, especially where, you know, being uh, de like, you know, being desensitized where I wasn't connected with reality, you know, sadness due to quitting sports, um, you know, all my, um, you know, all my families in Europe, for example. So, you know, I'm, I'm very much, uh, I'm very much on my own here. Um, you know, the, the guilt of what happened, you know, I'm blaming myself because they're saying, you know, I didn't tackle the guy properly. And, you know, I'm going just because of one little mistake. I'm, you know, I, I have chronic pain and I, I'm not trying to pity party. So no, no small violin. Um, so, you know, and then what I started to realize was that, you know, um, what I was doing a lot was I was thinking a lot in the future and in the past. So what comes of that is, is nothing. Uh, in my experience, you know, you get worried of what, you know, you're going to do and then you don't know how to do it, but then you're basing it off of past experiences where you, you didn't really know what to do or you haven't done it or it's completely foreign. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an alteration of, of reality where it's, you know, it's not true. You're looking at it through a narrow lens, which is, you know, sadness or anxiety or, you know, another form of, of symptom. Um, a big thing that started to help me was adding structure to my day. Um, you know, just trying to, you know, set a target goal for waking up early, which, you know, doesn't work. I have insomnia, so it's kind of hit and miss sometimes, but um, exercising a lot, uh, that, that really helps because uh, it kind of, you know, you always feel a lot better after you, uh, you know, you sweat it out. And, um, you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, with, with a new goal in mind and, you know, being in school, uh, just trying to, you know, stay focused on the goal, you know, it's just being in the here and now, uh, really, really helps. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, just thinking of like, how can you get better today? Cause if you think of that, of doing that every day after a week, you'll be, you know, a week better. That's good math, but, <laughs> um, yeah, then I started taking supplements. So I don't recommend it for everyone because everyone's different. But I think I was taking uh, magnesium. Um, what else was I taking? Uh, magnesium, especially vitamin B, vitamin D, 
I eat a lot of food with uh, turmeric in it because it's uh, an anti-inflammatory. And um, but the biggest one that I learned from from all of this was uh, acceptance. That was really the the biggest key that came out of everything was, you know, on top of trying to work on on being conscious and, and being in the moment, it really started to, um, you know, to connect all the dots where I could actually kind of say, you know what, I think I'm actually going to, you know, come out of this somewhat all right. Um, you know, because I kept fighting my emotions, you know, if I was feeling sad, or if I was, you know, feeling angry because of what happened, um, you know, it was, uh, it was just me refusing to accept the reality of what it was. And in doing so, you know, you set you set yourself up for your own pity party. And I, I think of it as, you know, a victim mentality of going, you know, oh, I'm a victim of, of a, you know, a pretty bad accident, or at the same time, I can think of it as, well, it happened. And, you know, there's, there's no real point in, um, you know, there's no real point in, uh, you know, in fighting it, because, you know, it's what's done is done. But, you know, what can you do now? And that was a, a big thing for, for me to learn. And it's, it's really tough. You know, it's not, it's, you know, I can't really compact, you know, four or five years of, of experience into 20 minutes, but, you know, it's, it's really tough. Um, but, you know, and the other thing too is, you know, understand what you're going through. You know, if, if you're depressed, you know, you're depressed, it's, you know, it, you know, it'll go away. You know, it's um, what I found with fighting it is that it prolonged it a lot more or as if you accept it really. And it's, it's tough, you know, you're getting, you're getting the crap beat out of you, you know, mentally, but you know, if by accepting and kind of going, you know what, today, today's a write off. I'm just going to lay in bed and watch the office, which is, which is a good, which is a, a good thing. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll actually find out that you, you come out of it a lot better. <clears throat> and, you know, cause you know, like I said, these are symptoms of, of the concussion that could be different for everyone. Um, you know, but understand that it's, you know, it's out of your control. You know, it's, it's not our fault. You know, the guy, the guy hit me. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I did anything wrong, but, um, you know, that was, uh, like, that was a big thing I learned and, you know, and it's, it's a harsh reality, you know, like for me, it took, so my concussion was in May of 2017. Uh, it took me about six months to fully be able to kind of walk like properly because I had delays in my feet. It was, it was really weird. And, um, and, you know, and just like, even at the beginning of quarantine is when I kind of really started. So three years really um, was when I kind of started to finally snap out of this, you know, third person reality. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was very humbling because it almost felt as though, you know, I, I got myself back in a lot of ways because I wasn't proud of a, a lot of the stuff I did before, but um, you know, and the other thing too, I, I didn't, I didn't do it or really, I just went to a, a concussion therapist because they manage my symptoms, but you know, start, start therapy right away. You know, I think that's, that's a huge thing that can really help with dealing emotions and you can, you know, and you can, you can uh, process it a lot better rather than, you know, start doing stuff that are like self-destructive habits, like staying out late, you know, partying too much. Cause it, you know, it, uh, that really doesn't help, but, uh, and, you know, friends and family too. Um, another one last thing that I found was that I really got into this idea of thinking that people were out to get me cause I was so paranoid. Um, 
but the uh, you know the, the thing I realize is that you know a lot of your friends are you know care a lot about you. So you know to think that they're trying to hurt you or that if you share personal information they're going to use it against you. You know I I don't believe that to be the case. You know your parents and your you know your best friends always have your best interest. Or if there's someone that you know you feel comfortable with or with sharing this information, you know it's it's one of the best things you can do because it gets it off your chest. And as uh, as a yeah, and that was uh, that was a big thing I learned because you know with uh, with having friends and stuff that you know some other people had gone through it, so I knew I knew what to expect. But uh, you know, just knowing that I had that support group was was really beneficial for me. So. Uh, so yeah, um, that's my uh, that's my story with uh, with concussions. I uh, I really appreciate the fact that you guys uh, you know took time out of your day to to listen to my uh, my ramblings. I feel like an old man, you know, sitting on a sitting on a porch. So um, yeah, no, I want to thank you guys again, and uh, you know if uh, you know if ever you guys have any questions regarding you know what I did and I can, I, I'm really good at advising you what not to do. That's what I've noticed. Um, but uh, if you, uh, yeah, like I said, if you have questions, you know, feel free to ask me. I'm, uh, I, I usually answer my phone, um, but uh, no, thank you very much again. And uh, you know, all the best with, uh, with your concussion recovery. Thanks so much, Louie, for joining us. Uh, today I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation, Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast, and his co-host, Aaron, uh, who is also the coordinator for the Newfoundland and Labrador Brain Injury Association, uh, joining me today. Uh, so what do you guys think okay. about Please share? Uh, well, I, 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 I thought it was an interesting little introduction to Canadian for Emily there. He said... Uh, for me, like, I don't know, you guys are all from, well, except for Emily, it's not from Canada at all, but from the the, the mainland, as we call it, in Newfoundland. But uh, yeah. he said middle school, which we don't have here. We have junior high. and uh, Right. Which I always thought was a bit weird because uh, the big the big popular show in the 80s and I guess early 90s was like Degrassi. Degrassi Junior High. Like, not mm -hmm. the Drake one, but the original one. And... Uh, and that was based in Toronto, so but you guys have middle school, you call it. Anyway, that was that's, and uh, he said, uh, he said right on. And he said something else that was Canadian. He did say right on. He did say right on. I was like, I, was like, oh, I guess Emily, you know that, you know the some of the Canadian stuff, the, the little sayings. Well, like we the, say you know the A. I hear right on. Yeah, but, <laughs> he technically did like he's from like not like that, but like, yeah. Anyway, um, but I thought it was interesting. It was a... well, I... Sorry, go ahead. I think he also lived in some other places for a while. Oh, yeah? I know him. I think he lived in... Oh. Well, he's from, he's from Quebec, right? Somewhere so overseas. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. But right on is uh, a Central Canada thing. I love uh, the state here, too, but a bit differently. But, um... Yeah. I think the, one of the biggest things that stuck out to me um how many diagnosed concussions he has one yes two that he's in school right now um he didn't talk about this much he's in school to play music he's he does like jazz funk guitar he touched um, on that but yeah yeah 
not easy stuff. Um, and the fact that I feel like he did such minimal amounts of concussion therapy and treatment. Or he doesn't yeah. know But it sounds like he was like, oh, I saw a concussion therapist for a bit. And how he talked about his biggest thing was acceptance. And Nick, maybe you can talk to this a bit as you, your injury happened when there really wasn't any of this. Yeah. I was going to say. And you're pretty functional and all right. And it sounds like he's kind of like in a similar. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I mean, you you said, you said, I'm surprised how little concussion therapy he did, but I was surprised at how much like there's available now. Now it's like, that's like, wow, he didn't do very much. But, but when I was, Coming out of uh, severe and brain injury, it was just like, "Oh, that sucks." We'll try to get better, and they did. Did but I mean, there's no, no like, and there were like psychologists and stuff, but there's no like specialists that were you know designed like trained for the specific specifically for brain injury or, or concussion. Like there were like neurologists and psychologists and stuff, but like, you know nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I also like the acceptance part. And the acceptance of reality that, like, it's just, it does suck. Like, you do lose, like, like, a lot of stuff you mentioned was actually with the acceptance was talking about, like, societal things, as in, as in, like, just when you're a teenager, or I guess he was, he was a, I had the other thing, the other key thing except was Stephen Harper, who was, uh, I guess, Emily yeah. was our, was our prime minister from, he left in 2015, 2015, he was, he lost election and retired. Yeah. And he was prime minister from like uh, oh, five, oh six. Quite a few times, yeah. Some of that, or oh, four, maybe. Anyway, but uh, but that's not important. But uh, but uh, yeah, but I I got the thing he was talking about the uh, like he was talking about the uh, except like as in losing certain ability to do this and like to play sports and now he's playing music and stuff and. And uh, but it seemed like a lot of stuff is like his friends and his family. It seemed more of a more of a societal thing, and more of a a lot of the stuff he was talking about was stuff that just anybody growing up would face, but it was exacerbated by concussion because you have different challenges, yeah. more challenges, and and your lose ability to do like I say, I was saying certain things you lose ability to do that, or the conscious ability, conscious ability to do that. And uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I mean, it's just kind of exacerbated. Like the, we were saying, you were saying how many concussions he had. And I think around the times like he was talking about grade six, basically. Yeah, like, he was to- really young. Yeah, and, like yeah, years old. It's crazy. But, like the, the the fact that he had like eight knockout concussions, yeah. seven other minor concussions, like, and that he is where he's at like today and like he's able to like go to university and be like a like functioning human being is amazing and that uh rugby um like concussion where like he had to like relearn to walk and stuff in 2015 that was unbelievable like I, i couldn't believe that like when he said that like it was so bad and um he was like like he was paralyzed for a while yeah yeah like holy shit and that was only like 20 may 2017 so it's not like it was super long ago either 
his life I, honestly reminded me of a movie. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's crazy and it's yeah. amazing that. Like, but also, it's like so sad that like he's super young and like went through all that stuff and like, and he just um, had the most stereotypical and, like, teachers like experience of the concussion too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like you're forced back into the game. You have to do six weeks start room. Sports was valued more than school. Your teachers thought you were a bad kid because you didn't try. Like exactly, classes. yeah, yeah. Like did it, and yeah, no, he, yeah, it's like the the typical like like textbook the way it goes. Like when you have a concussion and how people treat it. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's just crazy to think about, and like. Um, I also like after his share, um, I said something about like, I also used to play rugby and just like, kind of like we're talking about like the rugby culture and stuff. And like, it makes it even harder, like to be, um, like like, told like you can't play, like you just, I don't know, especially he wanted to be in like a pro athlete and that got taken away. And, um, it's just amazing that he's, yeah. His share was awesome. Yeah. It think it like also just kind of um I think with his share he was also able to like um he touched on points that kind of like uh were relatable to everyone in some way or another. Like it wasn't just like for athletes or non athletes or young people or anything. It was just like everyone um could relate to some things in some way. Yeah, yeah he really brought up the, the- what are you I was just gonna say some of the words that he had mentioned, like the self-blame, the isolation, the hopelessness. Like that was all general te- like themes that you were talking about that everyone could relate to in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The self-blame is a rough one, because with mine it was like, <laughs> and like I wasn't even, it really wasn't my fault. Like I was playing and somebody just ran into me, but it's still like. Yeah. It's something that I don't talk about much because I don't like to hang out on any feelings of regret um, because I really can't do that <laughs> for myself. But uh, it is. Like, there were definitely moments of self-blame. And even self-blame in the recovery, like, like blaming myself for how slow I was recovering or it, the fact that I, you know, felt like I couldn't read these different things in my recovery continued um and he talked about that headspace that lasted a very long time um i really related to all of that do you do you guys find that uh a lot of time in your self-blame is a big part because i gotta say i honestly never had any of it really i mean now of course i hit a tree but of course the trees i mean it was totally my fault i mean i did i was I did. I didn't treat it just there. So I mean, yeah, the tree didn't you know, jump out. It didn't have that much fault in that. It was my yeah. fault. I was going down a hill and I hear a tree and like I mean, and I, you know, I sprained a sword with voice on apparently, but I don't remember that at all either. But maybe it's because I don't remember anything either. Maybe it's because that day yeah, is maybe. like a. But I had never had self blame as nothing. Never, even even during mm-hmm. even during recovery, I just. Never had self blame. I guess this maybe that's because yeah. I'd never self blame. I remember blaming myself I, for the injury. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think especially when it comes to sports, though, 
I feel like there's yeah. lots of self-blame because like you put yourself in that situation. Like he yeah. chose to play rugby. He knew yeah. what could happen. He like, just kind of like the fact that like he put himself in that position. Cause I mean, like that's the way I am with things like that. Like it was my choice. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I was just like walking down the road and like something hit me on the head. Like I actively chose to play rugby and hockey and things like that. Like, um, and I think that's even the same for like non-athletes when yeah. they, did something to themselves like if they hit their head on something or ran into something or whatever like I think that also has self-blame but um yeah I yeah. think it's also yeah, me yeah. that I hit, hit an M and I was like I hit a tree and like I mean I, I don't blame the tree I don't blame myself I mean I can't blame anybody else so there's no, no one to right. blame but I guess they're a bit well and the self-blame is like not helpful by any means no yeah for me it was like i wasn't even supposed to play the game that my last concussion occurred in like i just i was playing on a varsity team uh the jv goalie didn't show up and i just offered to go play the jv game because i was bored and so you're not a goalie the other girl didn't know what was going on (laughs) you know i wasn't playing on the level i was supposed to be playing on and um it it's just one of those things where like I can't like it probably would have happened one day anyways right like if it hadn't been that game it probably would have been another game and the self blame is is counterproductive at the end I of the guess, day yeah, yeah. and I think also being a being a student in a young age as far as going through recovery and self blame happening in recovery I mean like when your teachers don't believe you when you aren't doing the grades you're supposed to do, but you're testing, you know, okay on all these cognitive tests and you're still not performing where you're supposed to perform. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, for Louie, when he got up yeah. after being knocked out and his coach or his coach was like, get up, you're being stupid. Like, yeah, at such a vul- you're in such a vulnerable state right after being knocked out to hear that. And for I can imagine that that just ingrains to an extent and I think athletes hear that a lot in our experience. He was also younger too, like he was playing the high school. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. that's something I was gonna say that I noticed in my playing is the concussion isn't the only injury I'm gonna deal with for the rest of my life. Like I have a shoulder and neck issues and back issues. Um plus you're you're was, sick now, you don't feel <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I was playing I was like 13 12 13 years old and they send me out just to go mess around with like the 17 year old boys soccer team as a goalie i was mm-hmm. really really small <laughs> like i was yeah. 130 pounds five foot two like um I think, like I think, there is something oh. to be said for playing sorry for playing on a level that's like playing against people who are bigger than you even though your mind is on that level um, like, and I had somebody say to me, yeah, you're 13 years old playing mentally at the level of a 19 year old, your body can't handle it though. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's also kind of more responsibility should be put on like the adults in that situation that are mm-hmm. making the decisions to put these young kids. Like he said he was in middle school, like that and he was playing with high schoolers and like he was like 100 pounds against like a kid who's 180 like 
what? Like, he hasn't even, like, hit puberty completely. Like, he's not <laughs> on the same level at all. And then he got hit and he was told just to continue because that's the way it is in sports. Like, you, you're you just expected to keep going. And, um, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, you're at the level of uh, 18-year-old when you're, like, 13. But just because you're at that level doesn't mean you should play with those ages like a comp team for age would have been better or what's like, a what's a comp know, team like uh like a competition okay no like yeah like more competitive like like you know like triple a and like double a things like that like just like yeah. the different levels okay. um but like things like that i don't know and um a lot of it i feel like is on the adults for making the decision which like Obviously, not, like, ripping anyone apart, but it's, um, it's, like, almost, like, expected when little kids are playing with big kids. Yeah. And it sucks. No, I agree. There is a lot that needs to be, needs to be done. Like, we go into schools and we talk to these kids about concussions. What do they mean? You know, at the end of the day, though, if your coach Mm -hmm. says, suck it up, get back on the field. How's a twelve-year-old gonna fend for themselves in that situation? Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what's the youngest? I know you guys go into schools all the time and talk, but what's the youngest age that you? The youngest. The youngest is what, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, the youngest we'll do is like five or six, but at that point, we're really just kind of explaining the concept of your brain. Yeah. You know and. You know, if your head hurts, if you're throwing up, if you're feeling dizzy, tell somebody. Like, we're really yeah. just explaining, yeah. you know, this is what your brain is. You can hurt your brain. Um, if you hurt your brain, you'll feel like this. Go tell an adult. No. You know, at that point, like, you really hope the adult is, Reasonable. is listening. Yeah. But, yeah, we do, like, really little ones, and we act out, and we try and keep it more yeah. interactive. Yeah. But that is more of, like, a, it's less of, like, the social cultural but, aspect. But like, we the age of someone... Out. Age of someone who says, "Oh yeah, I had a concussion last week or a month ago or whatever." But there's like, so like twelve, like round twelve, is that the age and they start really knowing that they did or they bought it or? I mean, I didn't know anything about like concussions until honestly, I feel like university when I really yeah. started to learn more about them. Like when I got my first like diagnosed concussion, I was in grade nine, um, playing hockey. I got I was on the ground. Some girl smashed me two-handedly over the head with her hockey stick mm. down the center of my skull. And I was just told, like, I can't play for two weeks. Um, went to the doctor, got diagnosed with a concussion, then went back um, to be allowed to play hockey again. And I didn't know anything about it. There had been girls on my team getting concussions, and, like, I didn't know anything about it. Played rugby, and um, after a little while, I stopped telling people that I felt like I had a concussion because I just wanted yeah. to keep playing. Yeah. I was the same – through high school into university when I played rugby and um, until I started doing the group, I didn't fully understand concussions. I feel like, like it's, so I don't know if there's like an age you could say, you know? Yeah. There um, is, there is good news. Just now. Like Aaron yeah. That um, the health curriculum, at least in New Brunswick for sure, brings concussion and safety in at grade six. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I did a couple presentations, so. Did you? Heck yeah. If I had known it, if I had known in grade six 
Oof. Yeah. Right. That would have been so helpful. <laughs> that's not to say yeah. the 11-year-olds are going to listen to you, but at least they were informed. It's at like... least a seed that's planted in your brain, yeah. and you yeah. know a little bit more. And I think that's important because I had no idea. I didn't know any of that stuff. Like, I didn't even hear of a concussion until grade nine when a girl on my hockey team got repetitive, like, concussions. Like, um, and that was it. Like, I don't know. And coaches now have to do a lot more training and stuff. Like, my stepdad's coached my brother's, like, hockey team, his baseball team, things like that. Like, they have to do a lot more, like, uh, recognizing the signs and like what to do when a player has a concussion sort of stuff. But so it's getting better. It's not perfect, but it's getting better. It is. And, that's awesome yeah. about New Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I'm not sure about like other provinces, education curriculum, but I do know there for sure that their health classes have to require it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, that's a step in the right direction. New Brunswick's doing something right. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the one good thing about the education here. <laughs> well, hopefully more provinces start to implement that. And, uh, and, and states, guess, and states, of course, only. Yeah, and states. And states. Um, everyone just <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We're so scattered in the states. You know, there's 50 states. And yeah, yeah. Hard everyone to... does their own thing. A lot of people, a lot of people, too. Yeah. But I yeah, do, like, sure. uh, I wish I'd known when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Louis' show was was awesome. It was great. It like made me think about you and your story a lot, Emily. Like it just like matched up real well. It was uh, yeah, it was cool. It was really good. He um, it was an awesome share. It was great. Yeah. All right. Um. So, thanks for joining me today, guys. So, um, we. Okay, so thanks, uh, Nick, for helping us do this. And mm-hmm. thanks again to Louie um, for coming and talking to the support group. We'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Our upcoming podcasts can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our peer-to-peer support group is free and open to everyone. We hold three weekly zoom meetings um in english and then we just started one in french uh which we that'd will be good that'd be look forward yeah. to those french ones too yeah excited about the french one can yeah. we get that started and see how that goes but oui, oui. yeah thanks me guys thanks everyone for listening head check health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple powerful technology join organizations like the canadian football league trek factory racing the canadian junior hockey league eastern washington university and volleyball canada who rely on head check to improve communication and optimize care visit headcheckhealth.com for more the music at the beginning of this podcast is by ben sound w www.bensound.com Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. 
Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.